Hey everybody, it's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up, or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fear scale, fear scale, fear scale. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastically frightening episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. My name is Stefan, and I am your host for the evening, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host with the most. I mean, this man is jellorific. Yes, he is gelling with Magellan, his whole body. Josh Rutledge. Hi, why? Josh. Why? Thank you for that. I don't know. Or do you mean like gelling? Like I'm um, like got some shoals gelling? No, you, like... you jiggle like Jello. It's really, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's, it's really what I'm talking about. I mean, okay. you're, you're you're like Christmas all year round. Yeah, uh, like a bowl full of jelly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and those of you guys tuning in, you guys can hear that laughter. We have a very very special guest. Where we've got another getting spooky episode this week. We've got. Um, actress mary deese hampton her husband is the actor james hampton you might know him from f troop and teen wolf but mary herself is awesome as well and she is also a paranormal investigator and we had to get you on and we are so thankful thank you so much for coming on oh Um, i am so excited to be here this is so groovy Yes, it is totes grooves. And uh, I want to share a little bit of information for our listeners. Uh, You have been an actor since 1987, and you got to study with Lou Diamond Phillips before he took off with La Bamba. I did. You know, we love us some Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, what a great guy. On so many of our favorite shows, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Family Matters, and you were on some of our mom's favorite shows, like General Hospital. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, aging me. Even, You're aging me. But yes, that's true. We're just dudes. We don't watch our stories. <laughs> um, but uh, your most recent role was as Mrs. Choi on the TNT hit series Claws. Yeah. And uh, for those of our fun listeners out there, they might know you as Harold's mom and Harold and Kumar escaped from Guantanamo Bay. That's so, right. The one when we get to the interview that I want to talk to you about is your role in Lady Dynamite because I knew Maria Bamford way back in the day. So uh, it'll be interesting to talk about that. So, yes. so much fun stuff to talk about. We've got stories from you, stuff about even Jim himself's got some UFO stuff. I'm excited to get talking about it. Um, oh, me too. Me too. We are going to invite you to hang around for the whole show and we're going to start off our show like we always do with our psychic word of the week. And now, the psychic word of the week. 
So this week, uh, our psychic word, of course, comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from June Bletzer back in 1987. So some of this stuff is fun and dated and we love it. Uh, The word that we came, well, it's a phrase again that we came across and uh, we did this differently. Usually I flip the pages. Josh gave me two numbers and I went to a page and then I went down the second number to that. What we got this week was accidental psychic attack. And what this says, there are two definitions. The first one says a strong emotional thoughts of fear for another safety or health forms a thought form that travels to that person thought about. Even though the sender is sincerely concerned about their friend, the thought form of fear and anxiety is picked up by that friend who thinks they are his or her own emotions. Or two, victims of a psychic attack can unconsciously pass this force to another person in the area. So this is an accidental psychic attack, Mm. not a psychic attack, but an accidental one. And I think this can be tied in a lot to uh, people that do not shield or, um, you know, psychic vampires unintentionally. They may not even know that they're a psychic vampire um, or all sorts of stuff, just sharing energy and not realizing it. You know, it's one of the reasons we're always told, don't worry, don't worry, because you tend to put that energy out into the universe and it could affect other people. Right. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. and, um, and you know, I, like I said the, I think a couple episodes ago, I'm going to try to figure out a way to work Star Trek into every episode. So <laughs> this to me is a lot like <laughs> this to me is a lot like um, when uh, when Spock or whoever would do a mind meld and there was always that uh, emotional transference that would happen. So uh, it's kind of the same thing. It's that linkage that it's an unintentional consequence of having that psychic link. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's that. There's an unintentional consequence, but there's also just it was an accident. You didn't even know that it happened. I mean, like you could come to my house. I could be so distressed about something that I could act, especially if you're an empath, you could accidentally take my uh, sadness from me. Right. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good. Right. And so you could look at it as you taking my sadness or me giving it to you because you were open. And and if, in that regards, it's an accidental psychic attack. Uh. But the first definition talked about just being worried about a friend so much that you send that fear their way. So makes you wonder about the stuff that's going on right now in the world. If there are enough people who are worried about COVID Mm-hmm. Could that worry energy be making it worse? Mm. I absolutely believe that. I, I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a big believer in the secret and positive energy and things like that. And I absolutely believe that negative energy has just as much power as positive energy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you're putting that out there that you're just worried people are going to die, people are going to die, it, it, it may be that way. You know, it, you know, it's that same thing. Hypochondriacs, they, they're so worried about being sick that a lot of times they end up getting sick from yeah. nothing because it's all mental, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> the it, mind you know, is a wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what John Lennon was, you know, talking about was just imagine a world without all of that worry, without religion, without all that stuff because – that negative connotation is all gone and it's all just positive thinking, right? That's, that's what I'm into (laughs) this week. (laughs) I got a question. Can I ask a question? Am I allowed to ask a question? You are allowed to do whatever you want. Yes. Okay. I, I, 
Um, that's our secret. Um, oh, sorry. No, I, I, my question is this, you know, uh, and it just, this popped in my head. Um, you know how you, you'll, you'll be thinking about somebody, and maybe it's somebody you haven't thought about in a long time, but, you know, you'll see something that will remind you of them or, or whatever, and then suddenly they call you or you see oh, yeah. them somewhere. Yeah. You know, to me, I think that's kind of along the same line, not in an attack type right. of a way, but just in a connection type of a way. Right. I would call that then accidental psychic communication. And uh, uh-huh. when we were in college, my close friends and I that have always been new agey and pagan and things of that regard, we used to call it witch mail that, uh, you know, because this is when email was just starting to come around and things like that. And we'd be on college campus and one of us would just be like, oh, David needs us because we could just feel it like, you know, and then we'd run across campus and go to them. They're like, good. You got my witch mail (laughs) or you can do it with parents. Like we used to do it because we couldn't afford long distance. And if I didn't have a phone card, I would just try to like send the vibe out to my mom, like call me, call me. And like, I swear like 60, 70% of the time she would call me within an hour. Mm. It was mother's intuition though too. Yep, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Yeah, so. I, I would just call. Uh, you know, I I do a, a a collect call, and then just say, "Hey, this is Josh. I'm doing okay. You can accept the charges if you want." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, with my, my my stepdad hated me, so he didn't want me to call. So mom had to call on the deal. <laughs> so she's divorced him, so I don't care now. But. Uh, you know, yeah. So I had to have to call on the down low. So she would usually call me. So a lot of times, wow. she'd know, I'd I'd call and it would ring like three times, and I'd hang up, and she'd know she would it know me. it was you. Yeah. So, but well, yeah, phone so that's card. our phone card was a blast from the past. Oh yeah, and that's a ten ten three two one, not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and move on. This is was our psychic word of the week, but we want to go ahead and jump right into this week's spooky news. All right, so I had a couple things that I wanted to pull from this week for spooky news, but this one stuck out to me the most because of the quarantine that we're all in right now. Uh, Even though states are opening back up, people are still choosing to be in lockdown. Uh, You know, I am for the most part. And, uh, you know, here's what this is. This comes from the New York Post, and I actually found it on a number of different sites, but the headline reads people stuck in haunted homes during quarantine report a rise in spooky happenings. Uh, And what this says is that the coronavirus is spooky enough. True, true. (laughs) But try living through the lockdown in a house that's haunted. The unlucky residents of homes believed to have ghosts and ghouls rattling around say they know that they have no way to keep themselves socially distant from the spirit world and have been subjected to an extra dose of paranormal activity during the coronavirus quarantine lockdown. Believers say they're experiencing everything from books flying off the shelves to creepy cold brushes of air and pets behaving strangely. The more I'm stuck in this house, the more there's a feeling, said Kurt Schleicher, 56 of Tampa, Florida, who has been forced to stay at home during the coronavirus in the notorious house where killer Victor Lakata slaughtered his parents, three siblings, and family pooch in 1933. He says, you notice all these weird supernatural things when you normally wouldn't, and there's so much time to think about how extra scary they are. Um, He has 
told the Post that he's trying to share the home peacefully with its spectral occupants amid the lockdown. He says, I guess you could say I'm getting to know my roommates. They left this earth in a stressful way. They were murdered while they slept and their time was cut short. So I understand where they're coming from. Uh, Schleiser, who bought the house because he was a non-believer when he bought it, now says he may have been dead wrong that ghosts don't exist. He even says that his boxer, a dog, has been sitting in the bedroom where the mother was murdered and barks at the wall for no reason. And he says this is not in his nature. And in the bathroom, he can feel a coldness come over him, a cold brush of something walking by. And it goes on and on, talks about a few others, but I think we get the gist here that, yeah, it, something I don't think most of us thought about is that those that live in a pretty haunted house are stuck with them more than usual. Well, and, it, and you think about it, I've, I've moved into some houses before that were haunted, and um, there's usually like a, a stirrup of activity when you first move in. Right. And then you get into your routine and they get into theirs and then everything kind of settles down. Well, all of this stuff, everybody's routines are broken. So, yeah. I mean, there's going to be some reactions of some hey, disturbance. I don't like yeah, you know, exactly. You know, and yeah, just like you said, this disturbance, it's kind of shaking things up that, you know, they don't they don't have their routines. You don't have your routines. Plus, you're there more. So they're able to kind of build more energy. You know, because I, yeah. I, I definitely think that not only do ghosts take from electrical energy and things in the house, but remember, we have electricity running through us as well. And so I believe that they can take some of that from us, almost like an incubus or a succubus without the sexual flavor. But, um, you know, as a way to kind of feed a little bit to uh, allow themselves more activity. Well, and again, talking about our, our energy that we you know the, put out there in the world, if, if we're also irritated because we're at home with our families we may not see uh all the time usually then all the energy gets released out into the home oh well. i didn't even think about that negative energy feeding something too mm-hmm. yeah didn't even think about that yeah that could definitely feed something like poltergeist or something dark you know for sure yeah. well do you think so, too that that uh maybe it's just you know when we're you know we're not at home this activity is occurring anyway we're just not there to to experience it but now that we're here it's you know, it's pronounced because we we're here and, yeah, and sure. you know, I mean, there, there's this misconception, I think, at least in, in my experience with, um, you know, paranormal investigation that, you know, well, this only happens at night. Well, <laughs> no. why would why would why would hauntings only happen at night? You know, I mean, and I think that it, the the idea is that we've got so much activity during the day that that's distracting us, different sounds, et cetera, et cetera, that, oh, now it's nighttime and the house is quiet. Now I'm hearing all this stuff, but it's been going on all day. We're just distracted. You know, we're just For not sure. not hearing it. Um, and now that we're home. You know, during the day, oh, suddenly it's, oh, I, I heard that or I experienced this. I mean, I, I think maybe some of that is true as well. It's, you know, yeah, it's there. Awesome. It's just, it's just been, you know, fogged up by other stuff that, that we were otherwise doing or we just weren't home to experience in the day. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. I mean, it, yeah, and just like you said, uh, things happen during the day. I mean, we talk about my, my place of employment um, while I was there. It's an old building. I would get tapped on the shoulder all the time. This is all stuff that happened during the day. I mean, heck, there's been a one or two times Josh and I were recording his door just opened up, you know, like 
just no cat, no nothing, just random wow. stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they're there. They pay to play. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they're there. And if you give them an audience all day long, I mean, I'll tell you, if I was haunting somebody, I'd be stoked if I had somebody all day long, <laughs> especially if they're lonely, you know, at the same time, especially if they're lonely. So, uh, but yeah, so that's our spooky news for the week. Uh, you know, if, if any of you are out there listening and, and you've noticed your uh, haunting activity skyrocket a little bit since the lockdown, let us know. Let us know about that. We, we'd be curious to see if anybody else has had these experiences besides, oh, Mr. Schlesher over here from Florida. Um, but yeah, so on that, Josh, let's go ahead and move right into our UFO sighting of the week. All right, Josh, what do we got this week for our UFO sighting of the week? Yeah, so this happened on Saturday, May 9th of this year. Oh, so um, recently, yeah. Yep, in uh, in Radcliffe, Kentucky. Oh, so near just, us, too. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. So it says, At first I thought they were candle lanterns someone was letting off, but then three more came behind the first in a triangle pattern. They weren't going very fast like they were just looking and watching. Again, there was no sound. I have no knowledge in editing, but I have a video. So I don't have the video to play for you all, but I will um, see if I can download it so that we can put it up. Yeah, put it on. uh, Make sure we we post that for sure. As soon as this gets posted, we should post that video as well. I'd like to see it. So, and then um, I know, Mary, you have a... uh, you have a UFO story, uh, or, or maybe it's, it's Jim's story, but one that you can share on Jim's behalf. Yes, yes, um, I do. He is a firm believer. Um, now, he um, was in, uh, he was caretaker in the original Longest Yard movie back in the mid-70s. And right, right after movie. that movie, he did another movie with Bert that they shot in Nashville called W.W. and the Dixie Dance Kings. And if you watch <laughs> that movie and you watch that character that Bert plays, he is absolutely the uh, the the uh, essence of the bandit, which came just a couple years later. But he and Bert were in Nashville shooting WW, and they had the the studio had rented them a house kind of out on the outskirts of Nashville. And so he he was driving back there late one night, and he said he looked up, and there were all these like different colored. Uh, orbs lights in the sky and he had read oh gosh um you know maybe a a year or so earlier that um jimmy carter uh who would be president in 77 uh that he had actually uh experienced a, a ufo i think in the late 60s in georgia and that he actually filed a report and i can't remember the name of the organization but like a the national you know, organization for UFOs, yeah, you know, what it, what it was then. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he actually filed a report and he, and he said, I will never again ridicule anyone who says they've seen an And he was a firm believer. And Jimmy actually wrote him a letter and said, 
you know, I, I too have experienced this. And interestingly enough, he got invited to, to Carter's inauguration. (laughs) I don't know (laughs) if it was because of the UFO letter or what, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, so we, we've had a a president here who is a a firm believer and, uh, and he's still with us. Looks like it was NICAP, the National Investigations Committee on Aerial okay. Phenomena, uh, 1973. He filed okay. it and said that he saw it in October of 1969. And I've seen some interviews where he's talked about it, and he was very open about it. And there, there, is, there, is, there is some talk now. Now, bear with me. This is conspiracy as it all get out, is why he didn't win the second term was because he mm. was trying to dig deep into UFO files and the high, the shadow government didn't want him. That's just well, there you go. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I believe that. But, you know, I so so I, I, I love that story because, you know, I mean, it it certainly lends some credibility for, mm-hmm. you know, so many persons out there who, like myself, you know, believe, you know, and and so there you go. So so that's especially, Jimmy's story about his UFO. Especially about um, as devout a Christian as Carter was, yeah. too. That's a big yeah. deal because yeah. a lot of Christians are very anti-UFO. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm I'm a Christian, and, and I say, you know, why, why did God decide to stop with us, you know? Exactly. I, 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 there's nothing that I, I, I mean, you can, there have been uh, certainly, you know, I, and I love, I love shows like this. I love the history channel, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, <laughs> but you know, there's shows that, that I have seen countless times where they have pointed out in like Renaissance paintings, you know, it, it mm-hmm. that looks like a, that looks like a, a flying saucer back there. And, yeah, and that- in, uh, archaeological uh, uh, statues that they found. They're very, very ancient, uh, uh, you know, things that look like a, a, a space suit, you know, and, and these yeah. carvings. And yep. It's crazy. I'm all yeah, over it. I, I know all those you're talking about uh, and that Renaissance painting, there's one, it's like all these like uh, bishops and they're all looking out and there's just all these discs in the sky. It's, it's, it's insane. And some people even suggest that the... Um, the halo effect that we saw in a lot of those paintings on saints and stuff mm-hmm. were supposed to represent the ship they came from. Hmm. Throwing that one out there too. Just uh, <laughs> I dig into some weird stuff, man. <laughs> I'm with you, you. You just never know. And I, I don't know. The universe is too big for me to say no. It's just, yeah, exactly. there you go. Me too. I believe it. Why, why believe would it. God, why would God create like 50 million galaxies, not just a solar system, but galaxies if there's nothing else there and we don't get to see it with our own plain eyes, right? So He made a platypus. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and he made Josh. So. Yeah, you that's know. right. In my gelatin. So. In your gelatin <laughs> body, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that is our UFO story. Thank you for sharing Jim's story there and as well as letting us talk about Jimmy Carter's as well. Um, so we're going to move right into our final segment, which is Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. Of course, this is the segment where people know that uh, we kind of check in with each other to see if we've had any paranormal experiences ourselves throughout the week. Uh, anything creepy, weird, happenstancy happening um, 
and that's kind of what creepy ketchup is. And uh, Mary, if you've got one too, you're welcome to share. Uh, I will tell you, it was a pretty slow week for me. I didn't, I, you know, and I've been doing a lot of paranormal reading and watching this week too. And I really thought there'd be something. Uh, I did do the lucid dreaming test that you, Josh and I and Santosh talked about. So I, yep. I, I did the color thing and I did indeed dream of being in a forest and all kinds of things like that. So that worked, not the part where I realized I was dreaming, but I did dream of a ton of green. Right. Uh, but that's, that's about all I got this week, you know? So yeah, mine is um, the last, you know, the last several weeks have been really uh, bad for me at work. Just, just not like bad, negative, just really busy, um, heavy, heavy, heavy work. <laughs> and so uh, most nights I'm just exhausted by the time I go to bed. So I don't really have you know any, any reason to, to try to do anything. So uh, last night I was laying in bed and I actually went to bed at a reasonable time. And so I decided to, uh, to do the, the number test with, you know, we've done before where I will think of a number and I'll kind of put it out there to you and we'll see if, you know, you, you're able to guess the number. I'm always like one digit off. I never <laughs> noticed that I, every yeah. time I'm one digit off. Yeah. So this, this time it was 36 and you guessed 37. Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, Every time you know, it's one to <laughs> and, and the first time it was like I my number was forty two and you said twenty four. So it was oh like, yeah, so yeah. it was reversed. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so anyway, so I so I I thought about that number and I kind of put it out there. Well, as soon as I kind of opened my mind to put it out there, I had this rush of like all these I don't know this is gonna sound really weird, but all these alien faces just started like popping up in my head, just mm -hmm. you know, a bunch of different kinds, a bunch of different shapes, sizes, all this kind of stuff. And I went to sleep and I had a dream um, that uh, that like I don't remember a lot of the dream, but I remember it like you and you and I were there. Santosh was there. Keith Age was there. And we were doing some kind of an investigation somewhere. It was like in the daytime, though, we were wearing like heavy coats. It was in the wintertime. It was just really weird. And we found we found this artifact. Um, and then I woke up. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, don't forget you dreamed um, of the Kentucky Goblins kind of too, which was really, really interesting because I, the night, the night you dreamed about the um, Hopkinsville uh, Kentucky Goblins incident, I had read a ton that night right before I went to bed on it. Like, cause I was reading in John Keel's book, uh, the eighth tower, he was talking about it. And then he referenced that Heineck talked a lot about it in his first book. So I also had that book. So I went yeah. and found that and it was, it was a lot of information on that. And so I just like poured myself into the Kentucky goblins incident and fell asleep. And then the next morning you're like, Oh, I had a dream that we were investigating the Kentucky goblins. <laughs> <laughs> So, so we yeah. are definitely connected, my friend. That was an accidental psychic communication. Yeah, there right. you go. <laughs> Not an Wait, attack. Yeah. Just a communication. Way to tie it all back in together. Yeah. Or if you're an improv, it's group mind. That's what, yeah. that's what we have. So, so that's uh, pretty much all I've had. No sightings or anything. Nothing kind of moving or anything like that in the house. But I, I am hopeful for this weekend. Yeah, every time we get together, something happens. So I'm yep. interested. To, yeah, we're meeting up this weekend. So for a little social distancing. Um, but yeah, Mary, do you have anything happen to you weird this week? Or is it just kind of a calm one too? You know, I've, I've had, I don't know if any of you experienced this, but I, and I don't know if it's, if it's paranormal or if it's, it's, if it's some kind of, uh, you know, and, and uh, I don't think I live in a, in a 
haunted environment. I think that um, there's visitation here um, by by good things. Um, But have you ever like woken up to a noise like a like someone knocking on the door or a door closing and you you wake up and you you go check it out and you you don't you know there's nothing you know like I'd hear Mm -hmm. something sometimes and one time Jim's golf clubs in the attic had fallen over but but it's nothing like that and you think that was so real and I heard it and I wasn't dreaming about someone knocking on the door I wasn't dreaming about uh someone slamming a door I I you know I mean I've had two of those things happen this week um but they weren't frightening things you know um uh we we have a very good friend named April Slaughter and um April has written uh, several books. She's an artist. Uh, she's a paranormal investigator, and and uh, you mentioned Keith Age, who I who I love and adore. Um, I do and, too. <laughs> and and I I know that that uh, I think she has attended uh, maybe Mid South Paranormal or or some events that he has uh, mm-hmm. been a part of. But uh, Jim and I were when she was located here in the Dallas area, we were a part of her paranormal source in investigation group and and uh, she has stayed with us she has uh, moved to utah um but she uh, has come back into town several times and and stayed with us here at the house and and she said i just want to assure you that there's nothing bad here and so that that made me feel so much better you know i mean there's something here but it's it's nothing bad and uh uh you know i lost my mom two years ago and uh, and she was here with us for the last year or so of her life and and i know that 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 my mom is here and uh and so i'm comforted by that but yeah have you ever done that have you ever woken up and and it to a sound and it's 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 not a sound that that you can that has any logical explanation for that sound but clearly it was knocking or clearly it was a door shutting yeah, uh, quite frequently. Yeah, I think we both have. Yeah, and actually, well, they could talking about that. Uh, two nights ago, I woke up to my dog's tags rattling. My dog passed last year. So, oh, interesting, interesting. That that yeah, that would give me the goosebumps in a good way. Yeah, yeah. in a good way. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, one of the things I tell Josh and tell our folks, listeners on the show as well, is that I I hear my name called all the time, and no one's around. Is it a male voice or a female voice or both? It's different all the time. It's all the time. Now, when I'm in public, I can write it off because it's Stefan. I'm like, oh, maybe somebody said seven. You know, like I can write it off. But like when mm-hmm. I'm by myself, and there's no TV on, or like you know, mm-hmm. like it's something. And I'll be like, what? Hello, is somebody here? And like, it's nobody. My whole life since I was a kid, that's been so. And I have a weird name. Stefan is not a common name, so it's not like you know you would hear that a lot. So very, well, very interesting. You know, talking about being woken up to things. So my daughters will get up one at a time, usually in the middle of the night, and they don't like they don't touch us to wake us up. They just stand right next to the face. bed. <laughs> they, just, they just like stand next to the bed, like the they twins from uh, The Shining. Yes, yes. It's so like you, well, you're, you're in a deep sleep and you just know something's wrong. So you just like you just like wake up and kind of peek out from the covers and there's just like this silhouette of this girl standing there at the edge of your bed. 
for a moment you freak out and you're like, okay, what do you need? So, <laughs> man, you totally need to dress your girls up as the girls from the Shining. For I didn't even think about that. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead. We're that's our creepy catch-up. Thank you for sharing one, and uh, let's move into uh, our interview as soon as we do a quick sponsor break. Hey, Blanket Huggers, Stefan here from Fearscape Paranormal Podcast, and do we have a scary good deal for you right now. If you head over to fearscapepodcast.com forward slash Gamefly, you can get a 30-day free trial Gamefly subscription on us. Now, if you're not familiar with Gamefly, it's a game and movie rental service where you can play the hottest video games for systems like the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, or even the PS4. You can get up to two games or movies out at a time, and you can do that an unlimited amount of times a month. Josh and I love to play our game systems, and I am really enjoying the Final Fantasy VII Remake right now. And if you're like me, games are too expensive to buy and beat in the same weekend. Well, with Gamefly, you can get it and keep a game as long as you need. Then you just send it back and get the next game on your list. So head on over to fearscapepodcast.com forward slash Gamefly today and give it a try. All right, we are back, and we have an interview, of course, with Mary Dee Hampton. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We want to get spooky with you. And all right, I want to get spooky back. You've got a good history of paranormal stuff, and uh, like I said, you know Keith H., so that's already spooky enough. And so we're very, very <laughs> excited to have you on. And uh, I'm going to hand over the reins a little bit to Josh and let him kind of run the show a little bit, but I'll pop in whenever I feel like it. Please do. <laughs> yep. So, um, so Mary, one of the things that we like to kind of start off with, with all of our guests is, um, I guess kind of the earliest memory that you have of, um, you know, a, a paranormal type experience, you know, what, you know, were you, were you little, were you in your teens, were you, you know, was it later in life that you started having your first experiences or. Well, okay. So let me go back to the very, 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 very beginning of my life. Um, I was a twin and my twin died at 33 hours. Mm. Um, and it was a, it was a girl. Um, and I have always felt her with me. Um, I have always felt that, uh, even when I'm alone, I'm not, you know, and if I'm sad or, or distressed in any way, I, I just feel her. And, and I yeah, always I have asked that. I was going to ask that. That's yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. It, so, that, so that says to me that like the spirit is not, the spirit is ageless. Yes. Right. Yes. So the spirit is, doesn't matter if you're a baby or, or an adult, the spirit is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've always had that, but, but I'll tell you the first time that I remember having any kind of, uh, of paranormal or, uh, you know, strange, uh, uh, what do they call it? Oh, gosh, I'm at a loss for words. Um, like, not precognition, but but we get a feeling. It was about a place. I used to go up, uh, I was raised in yeah, Texas. I, let me check my psychic dictionary over yes, here. Please. <laughs> um, uh, yes, please. Yes, please do. But, um, but I, I was raised in Texas, but my grandmother um, had a sister in, North, uh, in uh, New Jersey. And so every summer I would pack up with my grandmother and spend the summers in New Jersey and her she had a daughter there who married a widower with five children and they had two more so they were always living in some big rambling old 
Victorian house that, you know, had secret doors and, you know, stuff like that. And I just loved it because I was an only child. And so, you know, it was always exciting to me to, you know, to be up there. And, and I never got uh, uh, freaked out or anything like that by any of these homes except for one, except for one. And I was probably, oh, I don't know, um, 12 or 13 years old. And they had moved into this house in Barrington, New Jersey. And it was a big, sprawling house. They all had those creepy basements and, and like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the there were three teenage girls, and they uh, shared my my, um, uh, my cousin's husband had built out the attic of this house. So now it's, it's basically four stories. You've got the basement, and then uh, the attic is built out. The whole attic was their bedroom. And, and I always wanted to hang out with the cool girls, even though I wasn't like 15 or 16. I wanted to be up there with them. Um, I had another cousin, their younger sister, who, who was always in trouble. She was always the girl that snuck out of the house and, you know, and, and I was Miss Goody Two-Shoes. I did not, you know, <laughs> did not subscribe to that. So I was going to hang out with these other girls. But the only way you could get up to that attic was through the closet of one of the bedroom, uh, of one of the bedrooms on the second floor. There was there weren't separate stairs or a pull down or anything like that. You had to go, and that was that was really creepy. But I just I was always uncomfortable in that house. And the uh, the I went there one summer, and and I spent the night up there in the attic. And and it just I just I didn't like it. Um, and I thought, well, you know, maybe it's just the stairs going the weird way up there and that's the only way out and and that bugged me but that was that was that summer they had moved into that house I want to say the fall before um and that spring um the 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 cousin who was always sneaking out had snuck out and when she was sneaking back in the basement was on fire and that place went up like a tinderbox and everybody got out but had it not have been for that cousin sneaking out and being bad they probably would have all died in that fire and especially the girls up there in the 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 attic room and uh and it just the whole thing burned to the ground just burned to the ground they lost everything it was very sad but i don't know i mean what do you call that but but that uh, that made me uh, that made me become more aware and accepting of those kinds of, you know, intuitions that I had about yeah. people mm-hmm. or that I had about or premonitions. Places. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that's kind of when it started and, and, you know, I'm a believer. And so I, um, you know, I, I think, um, that, that we're constantly surrounded, um, and, and, when you got good energy, it's it's you you invite good things, and when you you know when you're putting off negativity and everything, it's it's negative things. But I want to share something real quick because I know some of your listeners may have grandparents or or parents who who may have some kind of uh, a, a dementia related uh, disease, or, you know, Alzheimer's or something like that. And um, I had mentioned April Slaughter, and she had spent some time interviewing uh, persons who. Um, you know, who were who were in the last um, months or, or days of their their lives, and and she said something to me once, and I think this is this is um, something that stuck with me. I've got an aunt who has who has dementia now, and she said, you know, 
a lot of persons, when they are in the last days or, or hours of their lives, they, they're talking to, to someone who's not there. Maybe, maybe it's a sister mm-hmm. who passed or, or their grandmother, and et cetera, et cetera, and, and, or they're reaching out. Or, and, and she said, you know, don't ever uh, uh, say, oh, you know, mama, there's nobody there. Oh, oh grandma, there's, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. She said, she believes, and I do too, and she put it this way, the thinner the veil, the closer, the closer to God, the thinner the veil. Mm-hmm. So they see things we don't because yep. they're getting closer to God. And yeah, so we should never... When, my grandmother, but, when she passed, she, the, the, I wasn't there, but my mom and sister were there, and they, they said that before she passed, she, she said, Uncle Pete's here, and, and Grandma Clara, those were mm-hmm. her two favorite relatives that she missed more than anything, mm-hmm. and, you know, she looked over at my mom, and she said, she, he, Uncle Pete wanted to say, you grew up so beautiful, you know, oh. and, like, you know, and my mom and sister are both big believers, my sister is, can speak to the dead, and, and things like that, so, yeah, I, I, can, I, I get that, it's, <laughs> so I think wow. we should be sensitive to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's it's easy to say, oh, you know, oh, Grandma, there's nothing there. You know, just calm down. No, no. I think that we should be sensitive to that because I believe that. I think that, that God sends comforters to make that that transition easier for us. And and so I, I don't know. I don't know why that popped in my head, but it did. So no, there. I'm with now you. we're all, you now know, we're all you... crying and, and you yeah, know, but... I know. <laughs> Well, even on the other side, let's play devil's advocate. That. Let's play devil's advocate and say it's not real, right? Who cares? Let them have a happy moment. It's right, their last exactly. moment, you know, like just, you know, it ain't, it's not going to hurt. <laughs> how's that, yeah. How's that hurting you? Right. Yeah. I don't right? understand why people do that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's an odd thing that people mm-hmm. hang on to their, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but they hang on to their own things while someone else is passing. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's not that's not yours. Let let them right. have this moment. This is mm-hmm. it for them. So, so so there there are my there you know there are some of the experiences I have. I, I, can I share one of Jim's? Um, oh, please, we would okay. love to have some Jim stories. So so oh Jim's so funny. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you this story because it's really funny. And and he's got his autobiography is coming out um this fall. It's called What and Give Up Show Business and uh it's just basically a recounting of, of some funny stories and, and in his biography leading up leading up to the stories about him being in Hollywood and, and et cetera, et cetera, he tells a story about when he was in college, I said, you know, I asked him one time, I said, do you have any good ghost stories? And he said, oh, yeah. He said, uh, I was like, oh, so, you know, I'm waiting with bated breath. And he's telling me the story. And he said, well, he was out with a pal of his, and they were in college. They were driving around, and the guy had a, a convertible. And, and they had, you know, put on a little toot, and, and he thought it would be very funny to throw empty beer cans at the police station as they drove by in Denton, Texas. And, and he proceeded <laughs> to do just that. And then suddenly, Wah! they get pulled over and his friend Bob you know he's a nice guy and 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 less inebriated than Jim you know he was trying to confess to doing it but but as Jim said Bob had a kind face and I did not so they immediately were were on to my <laughs> my um, shenanigans and and they took him to the justice of the peace and he and he said uh, he said uh, he said kid how much money do you have and he said I got a dollar forty and he said, okay, well, that's your fine, but you got to do 20 hours of community service. And he said, well, well, what do you want me to do? He said, you got to mow the cemetery. And so now this cemetery is still there in Denton, Texas, out by University of North Texas, what, what it is now, University of North Texas. And, and um, so 
Jim said, oh, you know, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he thought he got off pretty light. And he, he said that first night he got over there and they had those push mowers, you know, those old push mowers. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was like 1957 or something. And uh, and he said he was out. He, he thought, you know, I, I'm pretty embarrassed. I don't want my friends to see me. I, 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 I'll just go out like at midnight or something and mow the cemetery. <laughs> so he got his push mower and he, he's out there and he's been mowing for like, you know, half an hour. And all of a sudden, Rrr! Here comes the police car, and, and, and these two cops get out of the car, and they shine the light on him. And, and one cop goes, Hampton, is that you? He said, yes, sir. He said, what are you doing out there? He said, well, I, I, I'm doing my community service. And, uh, and there was this pause, and then there was this laughter, and he said, get out of here, kid. And what he found out later was that a woman who lived across the street from the cemetery had called the police station and said, there's a ghost in the cemetery, and you'll never believe what it's doing. <laughs> so he said his ghost story was that he got mistaken for a ghost. That is so funny. Oh, that's, brilliant. that's brilliant. He is absolutely one of my favorite comedic actors, man. Aww. Josh and I were talking about it. He was definitely the dad we always wanted because those Teen Wolf movies and the cartoon. I'm tell you that right now, and you can tell him that. You know, okay. let me tell you something. The cart he had to audition for the role of the dad in the cartoon. He said his agent called him up and said, hey, I've got great news. And he said, well, what is it? And he said, they're making a Teen Wolf Saturday morning cartoon. And 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 he said, great, you know, I, I've got the role of the dad. And he said, yeah, you got to audition. And Jim said, audition? I was the dad in both the movies. And they said, well, you know how it goes. And as it turns out, he was the only original yeah. actor from the movies to, to voice the cartoon it's just it's so funny that that he's not the first person that's happened to like i've seen interviews with other actors that had like animated stuff and they were like i i had to audition for this like they didn't just say hey come on <laughs> yeah well what about what about the new scooby-doo cartoon then yes. matthew lillard was i mean it, you know he he I, I i don't think he's a part of that and yeah. he it, it, Casey Kasem was the first Shaggy, and I think wasn't Matthew Lillard in the kind of yeah in, live... the, in the movies, the, the live yeah. yeah. And then yeah, he's done but... some of the uh, he's done some of the animated stuff Matthew Lillard had, but even him they they made him audition yeah. for that. And I'm like, he he does he, he picked up Casey Kasem's briefcase and went to town, man. Right, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like wow, it's like it's <laughs> yeah. It's like telling Charlton Heston he has to audition for the role of Moses in the cartoon version of the Ten Commandments or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you'd be surprised, man. Not casting agents are. Or directors. They're like, oh, I don't want to deal with some big time actor. Can we just get a voiceover person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. That's so great. So, so just kind of taking us back a little bit. So, the um so your first experience then was just kind of the the uh your idea or or your um your intuition if you will for the house uh which which turned out to be uh, uh foretelling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then uh was there any so so i know that you had mentioned before that you used to be a part of a uh of an investigation team yes yes um, yes and so and, the, and 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 uh, Jimmy too, Jimmy who who loved me so much, he will do anything I ask him to do except look for Bigfoot. 
um, because he says Aww. there's there's ticks in the woods. There's ticks. Um, <laughs> but, that's uh, understandable. That's <laughs> yeah, I'll, but, I'll look for a Bigfoot in the wintertime. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, but yeah, we did. We, we joined. Uh, it's something, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I said, oh, you know, come do it with me. Okay. So, um so we uh, we joined a group and we actually investigated three locations. We investigated a um, a home um, in uh, in Gainesville, Texas. We went down and I've seen this place before um, on a number of different uh, uh, shows uh, like uh, like Ghost Adventures and that um, the Black Swan Inn down near San Antonio. And then uh, we investigated a uh, an old um, in, in downtown the Fort Worth Stockyards. Uh, there's uh, everything down there is like super old, but there's a, um, a, a kind of an ice cream parlor place. They serve other food, but down in their basement, that place you know goes back to like 1865 or something. And they, you know, it had been a uh, uh, everything from a a brothel to a, a saloon to um, you know a speakeasy and uh, and so yeah we did some investigations and uh, and I, I have to say that um, I, it's it was pretty surprising because you had you know you can't I guess sometimes you can guess you know maybe what kind of uh, of person like an occupation or something that might be um, you know haunting a location but the uh the place in uh, the home that we investigated in Gainesville um it ended up being a, a pony express rider and and it was a stop i guess for um the pony express and um interestingly enough the other thing that i found is sometimes spirits will respond to to one person like if you're holding the EMF meter or something and 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 then joe over there holds it well they don't want to talk to joe but every time you hold it they're on it right. you know and and i i thought that was interesting because um you know why me why you know and and that that's what happened to me there now it didn't happen to me anywhere else but uh but it, it was like i'm holding this and and i'm getting all the responses and so i i hand it over to somebody else for them to ask questions nothing nada give it back to me and now we're getting um, we're getting some answers. So that was really interesting because I hadn't thought about. You think you know, like they decide, oh, I want to talk to this person, you know, for for whatever reason. And yeah, and uh, so yeah, so we did some investigations, and uh, the the place down in the stockyards, the, there there was kind of nothing. Although Jim found something real interesting um, back in the the corner, there was this peeling old horrible remnant of a poster and he got really excited because i guess when this place was a speakeasy back in the 50s or 60s there was this famous stripper named candy bar and this poster <laughs> was name it, it was it was uh, <laughs> uh you know advertising candy bar you know next saturday night so anyway so he that was Rich that was his big nougat <laughs> yeah that, that was his big takeaway from that investigation but so you know sometimes you go and you know spirits are not trained seals you know they're you can't go okay right. hit it you know you, right. you they're gonna you're gonna go sometimes and and get some response and you're gonna go sometimes and you get nothing and you know so i'm not saying that that the woman didn't experience anything i'm just saying we didn't 
the the night we were there. So, well, and that's you know that's the 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 uh, diligence, I guess, of, of a lot of these investigation teams to be to 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 go out night after night and you know have maybe a dry spell, but still keep going out and doing mm-hmm. it. Right? I mean, that's 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 dedication. So, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I know that uh, you had mentioned. Um, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought for a second. It, it derailed. Um, the, I'm sorry. I mentioned uh, candy bar, and it just took off the uh, other. <laughs> just, I was thinking about chocolatey nougat. But sorry, yeah, well, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. So, um, so you you know you had your your stories for when uh, for when you were doing the investigation stuff. Did uh, did Jim ever have anything specific happen when he was doing investigations? Well, I don't, you know, um, no, I mean, not, not that I did not witness myself, but he did have a, a, a paranormal experience um, that, that uh, had to do with his younger brother. Um, uh, he, his younger brother, Dan, um, passed when he was 36. And he died of pneumonia, but prior to that, he had um, had a burst esophagus. And so he was recovering from that um, uh, surgery and event, and he uh, got pneumonia and passed. And Jim said he knew that his, his uh, brother was, you know, his mother was taking care of, nursing him back to health there and at her home, and that he was, you know, not doing, not doing well. But Jim said he was he was worried about him, just just worried about him. And um, he was away doing a, a film, and he he woke up in the middle of the night, um, just with this feeling of euphoria, just this just this feeling. And he said, just at total peace, he had been worried and worried and worried about Dan. And he said he just had this, not just peace, but just this this happiness come over him. Mm. And he said within minutes, the phone rang. And it was his mother saying that Dan had passed. Wow. And um, uh, April was staying with us. Um, oh, this was about four or five years ago. And... Jim was taking a nap and she was in the living room and he, I guess she said he came around the corner of the hall and he lost his balance. And she said, she looked up and she saw a man standing next to him. And she said, Jim turned around and looked at him too, looked right at him. And then she got up and helped Jim back in the living room. And um, I said to her later, I said, well, what, what did this man look like? And she said, well, he presented himself as a, a cowboy. He had on jeans and, and a cowboy hat. And I went and got a photo of Jim's younger brother, Dan. And I showed it to her. And I said, could this be the person you saw? And she said, it very well could be. Jim's brother, Dan, was a rodeo clown. And so I believe, I believe that Dan is, is here um, and, and visits Jim. Um, So, you know, that, that is a a paranormal experience on, on his part that I, that I know of. Um, 
so anyway, so yeah. So I and I, I love that. I love that it's Dan. I love that. Yeah. I was gonna say, I mean I know that my <clears throat> my grandfather who passed um uh about twelve, thirteen years ago. I mean he visits. I smell his uh, cigarette smoke sometimes. My wife tells me it's because I'm having a stroke, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah, no, same. My my grandmother, like, I smell her perfume, mm-hmm. and I know she's there. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's it's a telltale sign. My wife doesn't wear that perfume. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, right. I don't even know what it is. Like, but <laughs> I know that smell. Smells are really big. Right, you know, it is. Paranormal, yeah. You know, I've got, I've still got a, a little coat of my mother's. I have a lot of things of my mother's, but I have a coat hanging on a, a hook where she, she had it. Um, and I still walk over that coat and I, I just smell it. I just, I have to, oh. I want to smell her and it's very faint, but it's, it's there. I can still smell it. Yeah. My, my brother, my, so my dad's a big pool player and I used to work for the pro billiards tour and all kinds of stuff. And he's had various pool sticks throughout his life, but the one he had through most of our childhood, somehow my brother got a hold of it, my older brother. And he's, he's the big like family artifact collector. And so, uh, you know, my dad's still around, but he had gotten that. And I was out there one year, uh, out at Tommy's house and, uh, he says, Hey, I want you to, I want you to smell something. Tell me what you smell. <laughs> and he hands me the pool stick and it was my dad. It's like, you could smell, it's like all those years of being in a smoky bar, mm-hmm. you could smell the oils that mm-hmm. make up my dad's personal scent or any cologne that he always, he's always worn like Aramis his whole life. And it's like, you could smell, I mean, it was all just this this collective smell that made up my dad. And I was like, God, when he passes, this is going to be hard. That, yeah, <laughs> it's like, cause smell. we're all going to have his things and you're going to smell that, that I hate to say musk. Cause that makes it sound gross, but it's like that, that musk that is my dad's scent. Yeah. As long as you don't say moist. Yeah, no, <laughs> that musky <laughs> moist. No. the moist is bad. Well, I'll tell you but a funny especially story. Those old ones, you know, were, you know, cause people don't really smoke as much anymore, but those Correct. old ones kind of fit that. So, right. It just I'll tell you a funny story about Dan. So Dan was a rodeo clown, and, and he decided he was going to marry this pretty girl named Dixie. Only Dixie's daddy did not <laughs> take well to the idea that his son-in-law would, would, would be a, a rodeo clown. And, uh, and so he decided that, that he ought to have a more sophisticated kind of job. And since he was a general manager of the store in downtown Fort Smith, Arkansas, um, he, he gave him a, a job at, at the department store there. And Jim said Dan had been there about two weeks. And, and oh, he was unhappy. You know, he, he just he wanted to be outside. And, and, uh, and he said he was stocking uh, uh, shoes or something, and he was carrying them into the elevator. And I guess the elevator had not quite come up to the, to the floor level. And he fell into the elevator and broke his leg. And Jim said he went up there and visited him in the hospital. And he said, man, he said, he said, 15 years of rodeo clowning and nothing ever happened. I work in a department store for two weeks and I break my leg. That's so exactly he went back to he went he went back to rodeo clown and they got a divorce. <laughs> anyway, that's fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. Um, so I have a question for you because I like finding out, you know, because I have had my share of paranormal experiences since I was a child, good mm-hmm. and bad. Um, not all of them have been great. Um, have you ever had any experiences that have been kind of on the negative side? Um, you know, I've had, like I said, I mean, I, I don't guess I've had so many, what I would consider one-on-one encounters as I have had bad feelings. 
I've had mm. bad feelings about people that I meet, you know, that uh, I'm not sure I want to get in a car with them or, um, mm, you know, I don't think I want to do business with that person or, yep, and there's and nothing, trust that. yeah, there's nothing about that person outwardly that would make me be fearful of, of those things. But it's that, I guess it's just that kind of intuition. Um, but as far as, I guess I just haven't had anything negative happen to me personally with, with um, any kind of a paranormal experience where, you know, something attacked me or, mm-hmm. or, or frightened me in that regard. But, but again, it's, it, it's just feelings of being in places that make me uncomfortable um, yeah. and, and people that make me uncomfortable. And I, I want to believe that it is, you know, that, that those are, um, you know, my, my, um, you know, my guides, my, my, um, you know, my loved ones who are, who are guiding me to steer away from places and people sometimes, but yeah. Well, yeah, you know, a few, a few weeks ago we had, um, uh, Vashti Hooper on, uh, the real medium, and you know she one thing that that she said when she was on is that um, our our loved ones our our family members visit us all the time to help guide us in the decisions that we make. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really that really resonated with me because it's not just they're not just here when when you think you need them, you know they're here all the time to help you make sure you're making the right choices and the right, right. decisions. Yeah, that even possibly sometimes that conscious voice that you hear may be uh, one of your relatives. Or friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking a minute ago about hearing a sound. Now, I have heard a voice before that woke me up, you know, and, and, and sometimes it's my name being said. But, but yeah. you know, it's not just a sound. Sometimes it's a voice. And the voice may not be saying my name, but it just may be like, oh, or yeah. yes, or, or something. And yeah. the, the, that word wakes me up. So, you know, why not? Why, you know, why can't I, I certainly believe that that our loved ones just don't stop loving us and fly away. You know, I, I, I think that they love well, us and for I, eternity. And I think once they cross that veil, cross that portal, they have a different type of access that we can't even imagine, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that they are able to traverse back and forth um, through that through that light, through that portal, you know, and 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 that's one thing. Anytime I've been on an investigation, we definitely head towards the psychic side of things and helping spirits and things like that. And when we, my sister and I, especially when we try to help move a spirit along, we can remind them, Hey, once you cross, you'll always be able to come back and see anyone that you've loved or a place that you've loved, you know, and you're not stuck here and you won't be stuck there. Like it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of beautiful and it's kind of, um, I don't know. Makes me feel good about yeah. passing on myself. Well, and, Absolutely. I, and I like, the, you know, like like the movie uh, Interstellar with uh, Matthew McConaughey. You know, when when they when his daughter when he when you know, when she's young and she gets the. <clears throat> if anybody hasn't seen it, I apologize. I don't I think see. I'm gonna. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna ruin anything here. But no. But he. But his daughter gets the the lines on the floor, and then that that gets him to thinking about what those lines mean and then you go on in the movie and you figure out that he's the one that actually made the lines and so 
it gets into the whole you know paradox and all that kind of stuff but but it makes me think about you know if, if spirit if the spirit is timeless and ageless then when if you had an experience as a child it may have been with a spirit who you didn't know had passed yet so mm. the spirit passed in later in your life but because the spirit is timeless it could have interacted with you as a child you know that's interesting there's a movie that i've watched recently um by the film company a24 they're like my favorite new independent horror film type stuff but they do more than it's artsy stuff but they did a movie called a ghost story i actually didn't really care for the movie all that much but there was an interesting concept where um throughout the movie this character is 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 being haunted by this ghost and then he ends up passing away and he becomes a ghost and haunts his family that was left over well he's there because this shows that he's stuck to a place and so years go by and new people move in so he haunts them and then the house gets um the house gets torn down and that's like this futuristic building and he's all of a sudden able to go up into the building and up to the top well somehow i'm not they didn't really explain it, but he like dives off the top of the building and then he ends up back in like the 1700s to like the settlers that went there. So he was ended up haunting them, but of course he was stuck to that spot. And then he sees himself and his family moving in and it turns out that he was his own ghost. <laughs> it was mind blowing, mm. man. Like that, that is strange. <laughs> so it was mm. weird it's weird to think like that man the ghost you're hearing could be you is you <laughs> <laughs> oh, so don't man. be mean to it yeah right it could be you man <laughs> you could be telling you don't get on that bus it, yeah exactly and it's you going I've, i did this before change <laughs> you know okay let me ask you a question i know you're supposed to be interviewing me but i'm going to interview you back um That's okay so, so you mentioned, you know, as a child. Okay, so what do you think about, you know, there's so many children that have imaginary friends. Oh, yeah. See? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely think that they are spirits or entities. Yes. Or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we talk about it. We've talked about it a lot on the show uh, back, I think, later in the year, uh, earlier in the year, excuse me about how uh, a lot of parents are so dismissive mm-hmm. of their children if they come and say, you know, I heard a noise or, or, mm-hmm. or you know, June visits me or whatever the case may be. Um, but it's also because I have uh, young daughters. My, my, I have twin girls who are, who are five, and, uh, and they come to me and they tell me these things. And so on the one hand, I'd like to encourage them to – to, to have those experiences but on the other hand they're also scared from it and so um i it's like i'm, I'm eating my own dog food now saying that i at, at sometimes i di- i dismiss it as it was probably the wind or a truck was driving by or something like that uh or i scooted my chair and that's what you heard when i really didn't scoot my chair yeah because i'm trying to comfort them and, and mm-hmm. not make them be scared well, in their own and, house. and andrea perrin talked about that in her book she talks about that you know that when they first got their haunting um that happened to them she she specifically said 
we were frightened simply because it existed at yeah. first, right? That they, they were just scared simply because it existed. And it wasn't till later on when they were able to find out what was good, what was bad and things like that and find the positive in all of that that happened. And, and, and that's the key too, is to try to figure out a way to turn their fear into a positive, yeah. you know, and, and to pull it back to the imaginary friends, there's a lot of people that think, and I think this too, because I have a spirit guide and a lot of people have spirit guides in the new age world and stuff like that. And I'm almost certain my spirit guide is my imaginary friend from when I was a kid, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm wondering if those are those same entities. And maybe as we get older, they do, they become that spirit guide or that higher being, right. That, that helps you, uh, or, or like a guardian angel, so to speak. Right. Right. I had three, I had three. Uh, friends, and they were always together. I had three friends, and and I, I, you know, I, so I just, I don't know that I, when you were talking about children, that that mm -hmm. kind of triggered that. I just wondered what you thought about that because I believe that too. I believe that they definitely can be, you know, uh, spirits that are there to comfort you and protect you as a child and help you not be afraid because they help me not be afraid. You know. Yeah, for um, sure. I, you know, I was I came from an abusive home and things like that, and you know, I I. I that was my my safety spot you know was to be with that friend you mm -hmm. know wherever i was at but yeah i tell you what if i had i wish i had like a ton of money and a psych psychology degree or something like that i'd love to do some testing and and looking into that more you know like to talk to kids that have these imaginary friends and and you know just find some sort of correlation to spirits and things like that it'd be really interesting because my sister uh her son connor had an imaginary friend named Bobo and uh, our grandfather died when I was five and his name was Bob, Grandpa Bob. Wow. And, um, he was a ragtime piano player. It was this whole thing. And he, she'd say, he'd say, mommy, mommy, Bobo's here. He play piano, you know, like wow. stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. And so Trisha being able to speak to the dead, like she would like tune into it. And she said she would talk to Grandpa Bob and she was almost certain it was him. Like, and it's just, just crazy mm. he would just say these things that i mean and we didn't even know that much about grandpa bob you know what i mean it's like cause right. he died when i was five so it's like to hear him talk about these things i mean we were just blown away like by it and that you know his imaginary friend was more than likely grandpa bob <laughs> right right no i believe that and you know their little minds are so much more open to yeah. to things you know because the older we get the more we're told well that can't that can't be you know but when we're little, you know, we're, our, our minds are open and our hearts are open to, you know, to, to have those experiences. So yep, I just wondered about, right. I just wondered what you thought about imaginary friends. So we're on the same <laughs> Quite beam. a bit. Quite a yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just, just telling a kid, it's just your imagination, you know, it's, uh, and that's where I don't, I try not to do that for my girls. I don't, I don't try to say it's just your imagination. I do try to, maybe help them consider or think about what it could also be. And that's a little bit of the skeptic side of me as well. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't ever want to just dismiss it as to say, nah, you just have a wild imagination because that's oh. the, you know, well, that's what I, I, I tell 
my nephew and then my my ex-girlfriend she had a daughter that um was my bonus kid and when i lived there i remember telling her be like because i've watched too many horror movies every time the kid sees something and the parents are like oh you're just making it up or the wife or the husband sees it and the other spouse is like oh you're just making it up yeah and then hell breaks loose I told Shelby, I was like, listen, if anything ever happens, you tell me we will get the hell out of this house. (laughs) (laughs) Good idea. I was like, I will believe you. (laughs) And I told my wife that too. I was like, if anything ever happens, I will believe you and we will whatever you need. I've had too many experiences, good or bad. And I'm like, no, if you're scared, let's go. I trust it. Well, and and it's true too, because like, if uh so you know stuff and your wife like mine is um very much a skeptic i think on some of this kind of stuff and so for them to come and admit that that they're scared it's it's serious right yeah right you know it definitely requires some investigation regardless whether it's a real fear of something that's actually there or just a fear of something in in their head right because they watch a scary movie either way it needs to be dealt with and we need to just stop saying stop making up things or you're right. you know we we hear that in so many listener stories right all yeah. the time you're just, just trying to get attention you're or you're making things up i mean like that little girl well she wasn't little when she wrote us a listener story where she told her mom i smell i smell fire i smell this i smell that you know and, and it's i just feel like the house is gonna burn the house is gonna oh you're just making things up and then she comes home and that house is burnt you know like you just man i don't know I just wish people yeah. would take people more seriously and, it, right. you know, and, and, and it's not a crazy thing, you know, I'm nuts, but in a, and not in a crazy way, <laughs> <laughs> in an ADHD kind of way, but my experiences are real. They, you know, I, do I know 100% what it was? No. Will I keep looking until I die? Yeah, because I want to know. I want to know what those experiences are because I know that they're not mental, I, especially when they're shared experiences, like some right. of the ones you and I have had together, Josh. Like, yeah. those are shared experiences, the things my sister and I have shared together. Like, I, these are important to me, and they make up my story. And I don't ever want to deny anyone that. And that's why I'm so glad we do listener stories to let people know we believe them and we want to share their stories. Yep. That's important. All right, so I think uh, we've probably come to the part of the show where, um, Mary, if there's anything um, that you would like our listeners to know about you, anything you'd like to plug, how can they get in touch with you, how can they find you, how can they follow you? And Jim's book. Oh, Jim's book, yes. Um, well, you know, I'm on Facebook, um, and uh, and I, I have a Twitter. I'm just so not high tech i'm just awful and i i need somebody to come teach me um but uh but i yeah i'm out there um uh on the uh on facebook and and you can reach out to me there um jim has a wonderful fabulous uh just awesome book coming out it's an autobiography um full 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 of you know nearly 50 years of hollywood stories and tons of fun photos um, and, uh, and it's called what and give up show business and it's coming out. It'll be available, uh, for order in the fall, uh, TCU, Texas Christian university press is publishing it. Um, and so we're real excited about that. We're getting his website put together now, uh, so that you can go there, um, and, and, uh, 
pre-order the book and look at some of the other things that Jim's got uh, on the website. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, was hopeful, and I had actually, you know, Jim did a lot of uh, celebrity autograph shows, you know, the cons and, and things mm-hmm. like that, and um, I had planned to go myself. Jim uh, has got Parkinson's, and so mm-hmm. it's difficult uh, for him to travel a lot, and mm-hmm. so... Um, we have not gone to any cons in several years, but I was hoping and had actually set up to go to two this summer um, to uh, to get the book out there and and um, and be available for people to to ask questions um, about the book. And you know, of course, those have been those have been canceled. Yeah, but hopefully, yeah, we you know, uh, we'll some. you know things will. Next year, next year, you know, I know people are terribly disappointed about, you know, about a lot of those cons that have been canceled and investigations yeah. that have been canceled and, and yeah. things like that. But, um, but so, yeah, and, and, but he's just, you know, he's happy, sweet Jimmy, and, and he's just full of fun and, and uh, always makes me laugh and, and has so many good stories. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because different generations of people Yes. remember him from different shows you know yeah. and um, that's my my father-in-law was super pumped because of f troop so oh f troop yeah <laughs> yeah and uh he did of course sling blade and yeah, uh and a big ufo movie hangar 18 which has oh, a yeah. super super cult following you know Got and the uh, series world war three yes <laughs> and and he did a uh ron howard direct now of course he knew the, the rants and those howard boys uh, since yeah. they were babies, but he did, mm-hmm. um, he did a, Ron Howard directed something called Tut and Tuttle, uh, Under the Glass Pyramid or something like that, that he did. It was kind of a sci-fi uh, show um, as well. But, you know, he's done so much. And, uh, and you know, I had this, this it, the scariest, scariest, scariest thing imaginable to me, scariest thing is, is a werewolf. And who am I married to? And uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're in, we're in L.A. And, and so Jim, has introduced me to one of his good friends who I love and adore. And, uh, and so I had, had him over, uh, for dinner and had Jim over for dinner, uh, one evening and, and, and everything. And I, I was standing in the kitchen looking at the two of them sitting at the table. And I thought to myself, Oh my gosh, I, I've got two werewolves. See, it was David Naughton who was the American werewolf in London. And I yes. thought, I've got two werewolves in my house. <laughs> and that is <laughs> like the scariest so thing imaginable funny. to me. But, uh, so but yeah, he's, he's got such great stories. The book is full of good stories. And, and I got a story real quick for, is your dad, is it your dad that's the F Troop fan? Uh, well, both my dad and my father-in-law are. So. Okay. Well, well, I'll tell you a funny story. Jim said that, that uh, the show had been on for, and for those of you who don't know, he played the uh, the bugler Hannibal Dobson, mm-hmm. blonde bugler, and um, great show. It, oh, so funny, and just so I mean, it really had a lot of uh, uh, had a lot of stuff going on there that that you you had to double entendres that you you know you catch now. <laughs> it, it caught on. Yeah. It, it had another life again in the seventies with college kids. But um, but he said that the show had been on for a couple of weeks and, and he was sitting at the dinner table and the phone rang and it was a woman who said she was from the musicians union and, and that he was playing a musical instrument and he had to join the union. And of course Jim went to North Texas State which was North Texas State, which is a big <laughs> college for musicians. He thought, Ah, it's one of my buddies pulling my leg and he said he said, Oh yeah, right, you know and, and she said, Oh no. She said, You are playing a musical instrument and you 
are putting a musician out of work and you must join the union. And he says, lady, you watch next Thursday night. And if what I'm playing is music, I'll join the union. He said he never heard from her again. (laughs) Because he played a bad bugle. He played a bad bugle. But um, anyway, yeah, thank you so much. for This was so much fun. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will absolutely be putting out everything we can about that book when it comes out. You let us know, and we will share it all. People Um, are going to enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. It is just everybody that has has read it, the editors, the, you know, everybody that has read it has just said, I laughed out loud so many times. So. As an actor myself, I'm always interested in autobiographies, and so I'm, I'm very interested in that myself. One of my favorite autobiographies of all time was To Kiss a Stranger by Gene Wilder. It's, it's mm-hmm. um, but yeah, thank you so much, and um, we'd love to have you back on, especially when the book comes out. We could have you guest on a topic that we're talking about and then push the book. It would be great. We'd love to have anytime, you. Anytime, anytime. My pleasure. Josh, my pleasure. Josh, I got a little a little tidbit for you just to throw in a little bit more Star Trek is that Jim worked, uh, studied with Leonard Nimoy yes. uh, acting in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, he so did. Just to add a little uh, little Star Trekiness for you there. Uh, I'm actually we, wearing my Star Trek shirt today. So. Yeah, so we're both big Trekkies, but <laughs> I just saw uh, yes, that and did. I was like, he, yeah. He did study with, with Leonard Nimoy. We're going to dive real quick into our listener story. So this one comes from a listener named Bruce Souther. And this is read by an actor friend of ours named Tom Frisbee, who uh, runs Improv Anonymous here in Louisville. And his uh, Bruce's story is this. He says, My name is Bruce Souther from Kentucky. Back in the late 80s, I worked at Shakertown in Mercer County. Part of my job was to empty trash from the buildings, including any office buildings. I was in the ministry's workshop building, which was used solely as an office building for employees of Shakertown. One Saturday morning, I was in the ministry's workshop building, emptying the wastebaskets. I was on the first floor, and I heard footsteps above me on the second floor that sounded like dress shoes as they were loud. I thought nothing of it and assumed it was one of the staff that was working. I walked up the stairs to see who was there, stopped, and still heard more footsteps even though the room was completely empty. I started walking toward the center of the room and the footsteps stopped. I looked everywhere. No one was there. I got cold chills and freaked out and got the trash and left. I had a very eerie feeling every time I went in the building from then on. There was also a room where a guest could stay where a young girl had killed herself. The story I was told is that she became pregnant and Obviously, that would have been devastating for her and the Shaker community. She wrote a suicide note on the wall, which is still there, preserved by glass. She tied bedsheets together and hanged herself. I was in that room many times, and while I never saw anything, every time I was there, I felt a heavy presence as if I was being watched. Guests would leave in the middle of the night sometimes after staying there and a few other rooms. Wow. So yeah, Shakertown, which is actually uh, the next town over, it's in Harrodsburg from uh, Santosh, actually, and I've been meaning to go. It's not far from here in Kentucky. So I, w- I went as a, with a field trip when I was in uh, middle school, and uh, it, it, it's a really neat little uh, little place um, to visit sometimes. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it definitely has really like a colonial feel mm-hmm. uh, feel to it. Um, 
Yeah, there was a village in Ohio where I grew up in Toledo. It was like 30 minutes south or west or something like that that we would go. And it was a very similar old village like that. And they would, I just, you know. I would like to applaud him, by the way, because he, he got creeped out, but yet he still grabbed the trash. He still yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He still did he his did job. job. Yeah. Yes, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Bruce, for sending in that story, and thank you, Tom, for uh, portraying Bruce for us. We really appreciate it. And on that, Josh, let's get our plugs out of the way and get out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. You can find us at fearscapepodcast.com. Uh, there you can get on to all of our stuff, our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, even Fearscape Media on YouTube, where you can watch Fearscape Unhinged, our 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 video show, I guess, yeah. <laughs> of weird, <laughs> different stuff where we talk about topics. Um, but also send in your listener stories to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. You can always send those to us. We'll read them on air, get an actor to read them, whatever, whatever, whatever. Find us, send us messages on Facebook, whatever. We want those stories. Yep. And Josh, what else can they find while they're on our website? Yeah, so if you're out there on the website, you can click on the store and take a look at all of our uh, great t-shirt designs that we've got out there. Stefan has been hard at work in the in the idea shop lately yep. uh, tinkering away coming up with great t-shirt ideas and so there's some really spectacular ones out there we've got a really good one coming that i think everybody's gonna be pleased with um and then also you could jump out and take a look at our patreon and if you want to you know look at seeing how you can support us monthly uh you know we love bringing you this great great show and the great content and uh, if you want to help us out that'd be great yeah. And so on that, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And Mary, for the 15th time, thank you so much. Oh, thank I, you, I thank you, it. thank you. You guys I love are great. I love, I love a good positive energy. It always, it, it'll feed me for the rest of the night. So I'm Oh, good, good, good. good. <laughs> feed me Seymour, so, feed me Seymour. Yes, exactly. A little, little shop action. Uh, but we're going to get out of here. Josh, thank you for uh, being my co-host. I love you, brother. And uh, this has been Stefan, and I will catch you on the flip side. This has been Josh. The truth is out there. And remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you listen to Fearscape. Good night, folks. Good night. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. I hope they didn't frighten you too much. Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. <laughs>